Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, A lot to get into on a Holiday Tuesday, still the day after Christmas. Uh, a lot of uh, sports obviously happen on Christmas Day. So um, then we're going to head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Jake Dicker, G. Hay Wiley. Uh, all right, guys, let's let, let's let's start with the Lakers Celtics game. Uh, that was sort of the signi- signature game on the Christmas Day uh, calendar. Um, the Celtics are the best team in the East. Some would say the best team in the league. So it wasn't a game that I particularly thought the Lakers at this point in time were going to win. Uh, didn't think that they would look as badly as they did to begin the game and, and as badly as they did to close out the game. Uh, Jake, I want to start with you because you had mentioned in our group chat that um, you, quite frankly, and correct me if I'm all wrong, you do not think this team is all that good. Yeah, um, I don't. I, I... <laughs> I, I it, it, it sucks because it's it's a year of LeBron and a year of AD and those two together and you want to capitalize on those years as much as you can. But I mean, especially in I mean, a day like today was just exactly all I needed to see to show me how far the gap is between the top of the league and and where the Lakers are. I mean, the Celtics won through. I mean, I know it falls off a little bit. And they're not necessarily the deepest team in the world, but one through six when you're talking about Jason Tatum. And and Jalen Brown, Porzingis, Derek White, um, Drew Holiday. I'm forgetting somebody else there as well. Um, but I mean, those guys they are they are clicking on all cylinders. They are a well oiled machine. And and on one side of the ball or on one side of the floor, it looks like they're playing cohesive basketball and hitting hitting guys who are cutting and and playing team basketball. And then when the Lakers or, or on offense, it just looks like it's a bunch of guys, you know, taking turns with the ball and trying to ISO into a mid-range jump shot. Or Anthony Davis was getting to the rim, like that's a positive. Um, Austin Reeves is fighting through contact and finishing through contact, which is great. But it just doesn't look like the team that they need to be to win a championship, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, GA, just watching that game uh, play out, again, a really poor start and a really poor finish to, to the game. There were moments where the Lakers looked good. In fact, they they, they came back uh, from nearly tw- 20 points down to uh, take the lead. But uh, your thoughts on that game on Christmas Day? Yeah, I'm with Jake on this one. I think that as a cohesive unit, he's not. they're not really all that me- melting and meshing. And yeah, sure, you'll see flashes in the pan, right? Like flashes of greatness or whatever. Um, AD, I think to me, I mean, LeBron also, he's going to get his where he can get his, but like AD is the most consistent player, I think on that squad. Um, 
when in terms of you know showing up and performing i don't think that anybody else really out there is on his level and also you have to look at the celtics and what they brought to the table they crushed la's dreams and hopes during the holiday season so uh, like on both fronts you know they they killed the clippers granted again it was without Kawhi. i understand that but at the same time you would think that the that that team would have a little bit more i guess fervor they would um more cohesiveness, more togetherness, but these guys just know how to play as a team and maybe defensively, we just, they need to go back. Like the Lakers need to go back and look and kind of gut check themselves and look at tape and film and see what they need to do. I, I don't know what the solution is. That's above my pay grade. I don't know what the solution is for the Lakers, but they got to figure it out quicker. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, the Celtics come in as the best team in the league, in my view. I mean, yes, the, the, the number one, Seed in the East, if you look at the number one seed in the West, still amazing to me, by the way, is that the, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, have a two-game lead on Denver. Uh, but, Jake, it, it does appear to me that the West is wide open. I know the Lakers sit here right now at 16 and 15, and they have not looked all that great uh, since the in-season tournament, which they won. Uh, but you look at the top 10 teams in the West, um, and again, the number one team is the Timberwolves, followed by Denver, OKC Thunder, Sacramento Kings, the Clippers, who've been surging as of late prior to their uh, back-to-back losses, uh, Dallas Mavericks, New Orleans Pelicans, Houston Rockets, amazingly. And then it's the Lakers. So I'm not saying, listen, yes, they have struggled but when I mentioned the teams in front of them, outside of Denver, who I thought would kind of take their foot off the gas this season, I still think they're the team to beat. It, 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 like, I'm not that nervous about the team. I do think that they have the pieces in place to contend once again. I do think, though, if this continues, we will see some moves at the trade deadline. And quite frankly, we, we did hear those rumblings and r- rumors prior to them struggling, whether that's a combination of D'Angelo Russell Rui Hachimura, whatnot. Again, we've talked about Chicago a lot. Um, what don't you like about this team that you think they have to address these certain things if they're going to win? Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, you make a really good point because I'm looking at the standings right now and the teams above them, and, and there's no one here that I'm like, this team will 1 million percent beat the Lakers in a seven yeah. game series. But there's also no one that I look at and I'm like, yeah, the Lakers definitely could beat yeah. them in a seven game series. Like it feels like these series would all be like six game, seven game coin flips where it's, you know, if you know what the no team significantly better than the other, it's more about who doesn't make less mistakes on any given night. Mm-hmm. So given that point, I mean, the Lakers, they just got to get in, right? Like I don't want them to just mull through the season and then get stuck playing a, a, a elimination play-in game, you know, right off the rip where every game they're playing down the stretch is essentially a playoff game as well because they're teetering that line. So, I mean, I, Torian Prince shot the hell out of the ball against the Celtics. I'll give him that. I just think they need more shooting around LeBron because LeBron, you watch him. I mean, he's a, he's a generational passer, right? Like there were four, three or four consecutive possessions today when they were making their little run, um, near the end of the first half where he was just driving and kicking to someone who was open. And I looked at the people I was with watching. And I'm like, how did he find him? Like he, LeBron will get the ball to your shooters. That's always been the thing about LeBron yeah. is around him with shooting. And I mean, it's Cam Reddish and Torian Prince right now, right? So if I feel like they need another knockdown shooter, I would love that. The interior defense also, I mean, AD is going to do AD things, but 
outside of that, the, the defense has been a little bit underwhelming, which which I don't usually say about this team, given you know how how into the defense they are. They just made this starting a the starting uh, lineup adjustment to really hone in on that defense. So if they can get another knockdown shooter and really you know keep the the defensive focus um, you know strong, that's 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 what I think they need to address. By the way, I'm probably the only person who really still cares about this banner or flag or whatnot that, 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 that they put up. And it was more of a nuisance, but here's the thing. And I, I, I know in just talking to people within the team, within the league, uh, this has a lot to do with the league selling the in-season tournament as a standalone product to potential streamers, to potential networks, whether that's Netflix, whether that's um, Hulu or someone else. So this is sort of the Lakers being good uh, team partners. And I, I think um, it, it will be up until they sell this in-season tournament and until the next TV deal. That being said, if if the Lakers flame out, like if if they don't make the playoffs or if they get bounced in the first round, like that better as bad as it is right now, like if it, if it signifies or, or, or it's, what do you, what do you, if it celebrates a season where they either missed the playoffs, lost in the play-in, got bounced in the first round, shoot, if they got bounced in the second round and you got a banner up there, and I know the in-season tournament is separate than how the season's going to play out. I don't know. I mean, I think that that banner has the shelf life of the Taylor Swift banner, which got taken down when they needed more room. It just doesn't make sense. Um yeah, I, I like I, I just keep thinking about that, like while they're struggling post in season tournament, because I, I do think teams are going to look how how teams fare coming out of this. Uh, and that's going to shape their view of this. I mean, a, a lot of soccer teams, again, this has been compared to a soccer tournament. There's a lot of in season domestic cup tournaments that Premier League teams and whatnot, they, they, they punt on. They basically send their reserves and they don't want to have anything to do with it. So again, I keep thinking about that, like as this season plays out and, and, and as they're hovering around 500 right now. Um, now the Clippers, again, I have no issue if the Clippers don't win without Kawhi playing. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if he's not healthy, um, but GA just real quick. I mean, the Clippers have gone on a heck of a run. They're in, the uh, thick of the play playoff um, hunt right now. I mean, they're a top uh, five, top six team. Uh, again, no shame in losing to the best team in the league in the Celtics without Kawhi. But uh, GJ, your thoughts on the Clippers? It does seem like they've turned the corner. Yeah, no. I mean, I I said it before, and I'll say it again. If they can play like that first preseason game I ever saw them play this season, oh my god, they can be unstoppable. They could win the West if they played like that on a consistent basis. Now, let's be realistic. You know, people are going to get hurt. They're going to get sidelined. Kawhi is going to not play for X amount of games. It is what it is. Um, I think as Clipper fans, you should just kind of come to accept this. Um, But as far as you know, them making a push and a run and I can definitely see it happening. I mean, I, I wouldn't take them out of the conversation, right? I mean, they're already in the conversation by being, what, fifth or sixth or whatever right now, um, currently, yeah. so in standing. So, I mean, they're already in the conversation for at least making the playoffs. So, I just uh, I just need them to play a little bit more consistently on that level. And, like, maybe somebody, 
I hate to compare this to Duke basketball because it's nothing like that. Obviously, um, these guys are pros. They're not collegiate players. But there always has to be one guy that steps up. It can't always be Kawhi. Yeah. Like somebody needs to somebody needs to figure it out and just be like, I'm going to be the leader when Kawhi is going to be gone. Like, I'm going to be the one that's going to be scoring these 30, 40 plus point games or whatever. And that's what I really, in all honesty, thought Harden was going to do. You know, yeah. when these guys stepped off the court or when they weren't able to make it. So, um, so this is kind of kind of disappointing. I'm not I'm not going to say I'm, I obviously am not a huge Harden fan. I wasn't a um, Westbrook fan either. I just I thought that somebody else was going to step up, but. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that they, they have a shot as, as anybody in, in the West, as long as they could play a little bit more consistently, like they did in like that first preseason game, I saw them playing as a cohesive unit. Yeah. I mean, by, by the way, it's such an indictment on, uh, their, um, the ability to stay healthy. I mean, the Clippers with Kawhi and, uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and obviously now they have James Harden. I mean, this is obviously a team that would be playing on Christmas Day, but they didn't play Christmas Day because, quite frankly, none of these guys are usually ever healthy. And so, um, you know, you know, in the one season where where they are healthy again, I know Kawhi's missed his first two games of the season now, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, the Clippers are generally a team that you would see playing. On Christmas night, but they weren't just because the league really can't tr- trust them. And when you look at the number of nationally televised games that they have compared to their first couple of seasons with Kawhi and Paul George, it's basically the league saying we can't trust these guys, um, you know, to do that. Um, one more thing on the NBA before we, um, you know, close out that part of the discussion. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to start with you. The cr- Christmas Day has generally been thought of as, you know, a great day of basketball. You know, you get like NBA games from nine o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night, past nine o'clock at night. It's just a great day of hoops. Because of not only the day it fell on, on a Monday night, but also the, the NFL is really pushing to take over of every single potential date on the calendar. Uh, you know, once college football's done, they, 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 they start having games on Saturday. Uh, we had a full slate of big-time uh, football games, which we will touch on in the next segment. Uh, your thoughts on that? Again, the league, I know, didn't like that. When I say the league, the, the NBA didn't like that. The, the NBA, um, I mean, um, hockey, for example, they don't play any games on Christmas Day. They, they basically, you know, said, hey, this is the NBA's day. The NFL used to do that. that. That was not the case yesterday. Jake, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always been a you know, Thanksgiving football and Christmas basketball are like yeah. kind of. I mean, I know Thanksgiving football. I mean, they're kind of like the same thing to me in the same way, right? Like, I always have like in my mind those sports go with, with those days. So, like, I, I definitely was watching basketball. It's just kind of been like a family tradition forever. You know, we sit and we watch the games when we can. Um, but the NFL, as you know, Jihei will always say, the NFL is king, right? Like yeah. the NFL has opportunities to to capitalize and and make money, and, and I mean, I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do that. So, especially when you can put a game like Ravens 49ers, I know it's been on the schedule forever, but the, just the way it ended up working out, like for them, like that was as as good of a scenario as they could have hoped for from just a marketing and rating standpoint. So it definitely was a little weird, um, but. This kind of, I mean, it, I, I wasn't surprised by the fact that the NFL saw an opportunity to, to throw three games on, on a national holiday and, and took it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about the almighty dollar. Like, let's get real. Like, the NFL wants to make money. Everybody wants to make money. And that's going to be the main reasoning for being like, we're going to put these games on regardless if the NBA um, normally has their Christmas um, tradition, right? Um, I do want to ask, um, before I ask Jake this question, I do want to ask, do you guys miss the Christmas jerseys for the NBA? Because they didn't have them this year. Did A anybody else bit. miss the Christmas No, I mean, I, I, I did like where... Um, they had something unique on that particular day. I mean, they, they went all out for this NBA of a uh, uh, tournament with the, with the uh, jerseys and the court and everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will, it, like, I think that that would have been a, a nice touch. I liked them because it almost, it made it feel like it was like a cohesive day. Like it was like an, like it was like a whole like NBA event. Like, yeah. I mean, like it wasn't just like, another game and I know it is it's just another game out of the 82 but it felt like it was a special and it was like it, it made it feel important to play on Christmas you know yeah yeah no I definitely I agree with everybody I miss the Christmas uh, spirit I miss the Christmas that's like the one unifier right I think like yeah. we all got together as sports fans as sports families we all got together and watched those games like I just remember even with my mom my mom would just be like nope we're sitting down we're watching the Lakers at least play you know, the, the Celtics or whoever they, they got scheduled to play that, um, that day on Christmas. So it's, I do miss the jerseys. I'm not going to lie. It would be cool too, if they maybe did like the, um, the floor as well, like right? did something special for the I floor. I would love that. I would you know? love that. So, something, yeah. something for the Christmas spirit, for the, yeah, for the holiday spirit. Um, my question for Jake actually was that you, um, earlier said that they need to have more shooters around LeBron. If, if you're Polinka, who are you putting around LeBron? I mean, I've said that this team needs to trade for Buddy Heald for five years. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, know, I don't know what they're doing, but if you could bring that guy in, I know his contract isn't the greatest thing in the world nowadays. Um, but there, there's... Who are you dropping? Who are you swap-baiting? Are you, like, making, like, like giving minutes, them money instead? minutes is yeah. he taking? Yeah. Um, I don't know. D'Angelo Russell's all any any time D'Angelo Russell's out there, and I know you're saying you can't not play, you know can't play the guy, but he's just I don't, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. Like I I was I was so happy when they when they brought him back, and he it just seemed like he had matured as a person and as a basketball player, and it's just I he he just feels I'm not gonna call him an eye guy because I don't know anything about him. Like as a person, he might be the most team oriented guy in the world, but it doesn't look like that when I watch him play basketball. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I was just wondering, cause I'm just like, there's always gotta be a solution, right? Like there's always right. and yeah, we're, we're yeah, just, a question is always going to be a solution. So, and nine times out of 10, I don't have the solution. That's why I'm not Rob. So. Well, but you know, right. the, 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 the confidence <laughs> I do have in this team. And again, you know, if you're a Lakers fan and we've talked about this and we've even joked about it, that you, you, you're not doing this and you're not happy if you just get to the conference finals. But that being said, you know, I do have a lot of confidence in Rob Palenka in what they did last season. Uh, again, when you look at how bad that team was and how they weren't even sniffing the play-in tournament, they were not a top-10 team. In fact, at, at the trade deadline, I believe that they were the uh, 13th team in the West. Um, and they made the, the right moves at the right time and totally changed the tra trajectory of their season. Went to the Western Conference Finals. Again, yes, they got swept, but they were in those games, all four games. So I believe that they, if they need a, a shooter, if they need certain things, and by the way, 
the good thing about playing the best team in the league on Christmas Day and losing uh, the way that they did is that you find out what you need. I mean, you, they played the best team and they found out what they have to do to, to, to beat that team. Um, I, I do have the confidence in Rob Polinka that they're going to say, hey, listen, we like X, Y, and Z. Again, the, the, the guys that they're going to move are, are guys that help them turn around their season. You know, you look at D'Angelo Russell, you look at Rui Hachimura, you look at those two guys, and whether or not they're struggling now, they, they don't go on the run that they did a year ago. They don't uh, turn around the season without the play of those two players. Um, but, the, you know, the fact of the matter is, if you want a game-changing, season-changing player, um, and we can go down the list of who those guys may be, one, if not both of those guys, will be in that trade package. So we'll see how, how all that plays out. But again, as I mentioned, Christmas Day wasn't just about the NBA. It was about the National Football League as well. Um, so we're going to leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the upsets that happened on Christmas Day around the National Football League. So we'll talk about that and uh, more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio and something else for the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's head back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And, and joining us from the Sporting Tribune, Jake Dicker, G. Hay Wiley. As we mentioned in the first segment, Christmas Day wasn't just a day for the Nas National Basketball Association. It was also a day for the National Football League. Uh, G. Hay's Giants played against the Philadelphia Eagles. No uh, surprise there. Big shocker, though. The Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I do want to get into that. That The Las Vegas Raiders coming off a uh, absolute blowout of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers that uh, sent head coach Brandon Staley, GM Tom Telesco packing. Um, they followed that up by going into Kansas City and really, uh, when I say dominating the Chiefs, uh, they, they, they led throughout. They so it, it, it was a really um, impressive performance, and it had Patrick Mahomes 
and Travis Kelsey doing things on the sideline that we really have not seen them do in terms of losing it on teammates, Patrick Mahomes going at his offensive line, Travis Kelsey throwing a helmet. Um, Jake, let's start with you there. Um, Again, listen, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, but I, I think as you look around the National Football League, um, it's just hard to envision this team repeating as champions this year. I'm not sure the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Like, yeah. I mean, nine, nine and six, four and four at home, lost. I mean, pretty. I mean, I know they lost by less than a touchdown. They lost twenty to fourteen, but it wasn't that close. Yeah, right. Yeah. Aiden O'Connell, uh, who started quarterback for the Raiders, went nine of twenty-one for sixty-two yards. All nine completions came on the second their the Raiders' second drive of the game. And so after in the first quarter. Yeah. So after that drive, they did not complete a pass for the remainder of the game. And, and, and then, I mean, the chiefs really never threatened. I don't, it, it's, it's weird. You know, Patrick Mahomes was like good, but he's not, I don't, I don't look at, I haven't looked at him in the last, you know, month plus and been like, holy crap, it's Patrick Mahomes, you know, um, 235 yards in the air, touchdown, a pick was the leading rusher because Pacheco got hurt, which was interesting to see him use his legs a little bit. He's going to have to do that um, because this offense just isn't as dynamic as it's been in years past. No. Um, Rasheed Rice, I know he didn't score, but he, I mean, six for 57, he's been their their lead receiver and they've kind of been searching for that since Tyreek Hill left. Um, and and I guess, but Travis Kelsey, who, I mean, people who had been talking about is, oh, he's basically a wide receiver for years. It doesn't, you know, hasn't been the same dominant force that we've seen it looks like he's you know for the first time in his career maybe starting to lose a step um i mean i I don't love to say that about him because he could turn around and you know put up four or five touchdowns over the next two weeks and remind everybody that he's still you know far and away the best tight end in football but i haven't seen that either and and for the first time i know we're seeing patrick mahomes visibly frustrated and it's happening multiple weeks in a row um and it's just not something we're used to seeing with him and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. Like it's 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 always been they're going to score a ton of points and they're going to you know scheme guys open and Mahomes is going to have enough time to do Mahomes type things and even when he doesn't, he's going to find a way to make things happen. And it's just not the team that we've seen this year. Um, and it looks like it's wearing on them a little bit. Gee, yeah, um, you saw that game. I mean, yeah. What, what, what did you think? Because again, Jake, I think you're 100 right. Like, I, I kind of try to lean on the fact it's still the Chiefs, right? That they're still playing. Uh, you know, right. You know, but but you're 100 right. If you just look at the numbers, if you just look at what they've done, I, I, at the very least, like at home, it's been shocking to see how poorly that they played. Ga, uh, your thoughts as you saw them. Again, not only, like, don't look at the final score. That game was never crazy enough. That game was never in question. Yeah, there was never, ever going to be a question mark of, like, oh, well, the Chiefs are going to come back from this. It's like they were down the entire time, right? Like like everybody said, like we watched last night. I just have one thing to say before I comment on the Chiefs. Give my boy Antonio Pierce a J-O-B. You need to give that him that head coaching position i'm like i doubted him in the first and very beginning because he thought he's playing teams like the g-men and arizona and you play you know he's not playing you know higher i don't want to say that we're not high caliber but we're not we're not playing like we're a high caliber team this year um say what you want about the chiefs they're still in contention to be um 
in the Super Bowl and to play in the playoffs. Um, I, I think champions are made in diversity, and this is what they're going to have to deal with. I, ho- I hope they listen to the chatter and it fuels them for yeah. Kansas City. I hope they listen to people talk crap about them and they go above and beyond and they maybe block out all the rest of the noise or whatever. I just I just don't see that possibly happening maybe because like if you're at each other's throats like this in public, I can only imagine what it's like in that locker room for you yeah. right now, right? Um, yeah, numbers don't lie. Jake's, Jake's not wrong. <laughs> no, numbers don't lie when you can't when you can't convert. Um, and you you have such horrific numbers. Uh, I just I don't know. I, I'm just hoping that they're made that they come back from this maybe for Kira's sake or for you know the Chiefs' sake. Uh, our friend Kira Kinnearum. Oh, Kayla, um, yeah. Well, Kayla uh, Kinnearum, sorry. No, Kayla but you know, but you know what I I was thinking is, and you know, what do I care about Taylor Swift? But it was like, of course. Like, that's going to be like a storyline that like, you know, this is the defending Super Bowl champions and they started the season off well. But then they kind of like as soon as uh, Taylor Swift starts started showing up to games, uh, you know, the, you know she's going to get the kind of same uh, flat that kind of, you know, Drake got for a while and the Kardashians got that, <laughs> you know, there's some kind of a curse there. I mean, I, clearly not. Listen, I mean, the, the first game that she attended, in fact, the first few games that she attended the uh, Chiefs won. Yeah. I mean, the problems that they have are clearly, obviously, much deeper than th- that. But, Gia, you bring up a good point with Pierce. Um, I thought going into the uh, Chargers game that he had no chance to uh, be the the long-term um, coach of the team. And no knock on him. Uh, but, again, they had just lost three consecutive games. They were five and uh, five and, um, and the day on the season. But beyond that, they're in Las Vegas, and and I, I know Mark Mark Davis wants to uh, make a home run hire. You know whether that's Jim Harbaugh, whether that's Bill Belichick, whether that's someone else. You know that that being said, like if, when you look at these 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 previous two wins that they have, and um, how they could potentially close out the season again. You could beat the Chargers on Thursday Night Football, sixty three to twenty one, most points in franchise history. 63 to seven in the fourth quarter before they gave up, you know, you know, two uh, touchdowns late. And then going into Kansas City, regardless of, of how the Chiefs are doing now, the defending Super Bowl champions, a, a game that the Chiefs kind of had to have, that they gave, a game that they certainly wanted, go in there and really beat them that way to 30, uh, sorry, 20 to 14. I don't know. I mean, gee, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked now. I, I still don't think he's the favorite, but I can totally see if Antonio Pierce closes out the season with two more wins. And again, they, they could totally do it. They're playing the Colts and they're playing the Broncos. If you close out the season strong, I mean, I, I, I think he's got a real chance here. Here's my thing. I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, Proof is kind of in the pudding and people do look at Dan Campbell and what he's done for the Detroit Lions, former player who had a a completely defeated season, by the way, with Detroit as a player, but now look at him as a coach, right? And look at that staff that he has. Um, It's all former players or majority of them are former players. So I I think there's something to be said about that and that camaraderie, that hoo-ha, whatever you want to call it, um, that former players should be. Uh, that, that that can make that transition over to being a a, a Super Bowl winning kind of coach. Antonio Pierce has won a Super Bowl, yeah, like as a player. So like the proof is in the pudding. It's so nice to see 
I, I know I loved it when my coaches were actually players, you know, and they, they knew what I was going through. They knew how hard it was going to be, you know, to get up early in the morning when you had practice the night before, when you had a loss or whatever, like they've gone through what you've gone through. Right. So I, I think that, and on top of it, if you are an analytics, you know, owner or if you, which I don't think that the Raiders are, but, um, or organization, but, um, I, I think that this would be, it would be a great opportunity to kind of do this Homer hire where he's kind of grown up in your system and knows your, you know, your system. That being said, when I made that statement, it was a blanket statement. I'm like, I don't care if he goes to the Raiders, if he goes to <laughs> anybody else that's out there looking for another head coach, just give that guy a head coaching job, yeah. you know, at any head coaching position, right. Um, in, in the NFL, I think he deserves it. I think that was what I was basically trying to say. Uh, uh, Jake, you know, for, for the majority of, of the season, we felt that the best teams in the NFL have been from the National Football Conference, whether it's San Francisco, Philadelphia, the Cowboys. You know, there's been a general feeling that those are the top three teams. This week, we had two potential Super Bowl matchups. The Cowboys went to Miami to play the Dolphins and the uh, Baltimore Ravens went to play San Francisco. Um, I, I guess let's let's. First, start with the San Francisco game. I mean, what 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 Baltimore did uh, that 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 has not happened to San Francisco this entire season. I, I have to look back to the last time a Kyle Shanahan coach team uh, got you know blown out like that. I mean, again, yeah. that was another game that was not close. Again, nice to see Sam Darnold get in the game late and throw a touchdown <laughs> pass. But you know, you talk about a twenty-one. Uh, point lead late in the game for B Baltimore. Um, but by the way, props to the guy. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, there was someone who made a bet on Brock Purdy winning most valuable player. He literally, before the game this week, um, you know, sold that ticket uh, for. I, I gotta get the number for me, but like, like, I think I think the ticket if Brock Purdy wins the most valuable player was gonna win two hundred thousand. He sold it for like a hundred and something thousand, and it's looking really good right now. Um, Jake, your thoughts on who is in the driver's seat? I thought a big win for Baltimore, now shaping up for an, an enormous game next week, Miami versus Baltimore. All of a sudden, like, I'm now changing how I think about, you know, who's, who's the team to beat. The beautiful thing is that there is not one, but I think if you were to say this week on a Tuesday, the team to beat right now is Baltimore right now. Yeah, I want to touch really, really quickly on Antonio Pierce before I jump into yeah. that. Because um, I love Antonio Pierce. If he rattles off two wins in these last two games, which are both winnable games, and finishes 6-3 and three as the interim head coach, you have a guy in that locker room who understand, clearly understands football, clearly understands the importance of a culture, specifically that culture. And the and one thing that this Raiders organization has lacked for so long, I mean so long, for the last couple of years, is stability. And if you are able to bring that guy back, the locker room clearly is in love with him and, and roll what, you know, if he wins these last two games into next year, I think that that, because outside of a Harbaugh or a Belichick, I don't know if there really is that home run hire out there, um, unless there's a name that we're not thinking about. But I think that Antonio Pierce in Oakland or Vegas, not Oakland, um, would, would do, would, would do really good things. Yeah. Um, so with, with that being said, with these, you know, these teams and these two games we saw this weekend, I have said on this podcast so many times that it's San Francisco and everybody else amongst, amongst not just the NFC, but amongst the entire league. Um, and they were exposed. I feel like Brock Purdy had the game that 
people have been expecting and waiting him to have for a year. And some people were just convinced that that was never going to come. And it did um, in what many were calling a Super Bowl preview. I still think that they are an unbelievable football team um, that if they met up with Baltimore in the Super Bowl, we could see this exact game with flipped with them taking care of Baltimore pretty handily. So they're still my favorite in the NFC. That being said, I mean, I feel like we've watched these NFC teams we, with Philly and Dallas and San Francisco now kind of all beat up on each other in a way. And we've all seen them be exposed in, in different ways, all shown that they're beatable, um, some more than others, Philly um, and Dallas, probably a little more than San Francisco. The AFC, who knows? I mean, Baltimore is is probably the best team out there on, on both sides of the ball. I think Lamar is now the MB, uh, MVP favorite. Heavy, pretty. I think he's now, after the game, um, sitting around minus 200 at most, at most books. But I think Brock Purdy was like minus 300 going into that game. So the guy who sold this ticket is the luckiest person on the planet. Oh. Outside outside of the guy who hit the 14-leg anytime touchdown oh. part. Dude, I was just going to talk about that. $1,000. DraftKings, yeah. Real quick, just because I, I brought it up, but I didn't give you specific numbers. Okay, so a better um, – and it, it was still like an amazing bet to make. But anyway, um, a gambler uh, sold their $2,000 bet, uh, which, which was in line to win $200,000. 101 preseason on Brock Purdy to win most valuable player. So he sold his ticket right before this game on prop swap for $125,000. And now, as you mentioned, um, Lamar Jackson is the odds on favorite to win. Yeah. Uh, don't want to make too much about Brock Purdy getting benched. Cause I, you know, it, it was a 21 point game, but uh, listen, it, 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 not a good look when you're going for the most valuable player and you technically get benched at the end of the game. Um, so I mean, um, the timing of that $125,000, but gee, hey, uh, the, the, the parlay does well, right? Oh my gosh, that 14 that, that 14 player team parlay on uh, for DraftKings was incredible. You put five dollars down to win 490 grand. That's amazing. I mean, that's ridiculous, that's insane. And like the fact that he, like, precisely, I had, I had it up in my social media. But man, it like that was like, McCaffrey was the last player on that fourteen leg party. Yeah, going like, the last going player. Christmas, he needed DeAndre Swift and McCaffrey, and then Swift scored, and then it got called back. And then, got back. <laughs> and then he got in, and then and then McCaffrey scored. I mean, everybody on that. I feel like everybody on that fourteen leg parlay or that fourteen player profit parlay was because um, it was at any touchdown, anytime. Probably, but I like all of them were fine except for I think that there was like a Washington running back. Chris Rodriguez like Jr. was on. Yeah. yeah, he's like a third stringer who hasn't played all year long. And you're sitting there going like, "This is the guy you pick!" Like, <laughs> incredible. Whoever that guy is, I want to go to Vegas with you, man. Right? Like whoever you are, let's go. Let's go to Vegas for like in a couple weeks, and I'm down. I'm down to put whatever profits you want on there. <laughs> Make me some money. I uh, wanted to get both of your thoughts again. I I, I I touched on it briefly, but I mean, I do love the, that the league is totally wide open. Um, I'm right with you, Jake. I mean, I, I felt for the majority of the season just because of the way that they beat up on Philadelphia and beat up on the Cowboys. And I said, you know, this San Francisco, San Francisco is the class of the league. They're at least the cl- class of the conference. Uh, another big game next week on a Saturday, Detroit at the Cowboys. That'll be another fantastic game. Um, <clears throat> again, 
I can't pick the Cowboys just because I've seen them fall down and fail time and time again. I'm still going to go with San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. Baltimore is just coming on strong. No one wants to play the the Bills. They've come on strong too. The, 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 here's the thing about the Dolphins. The Dolphins this season have reminded me of the Cowboys. Prior to them beating Dallas at home, they were 0-3 against teams with winning records. I, I don't love them. But give me Baltimore, San Francisco in the Super Bowl, and I'm going to go with Baltimore here. But, uh, again, like as we come up here towards the, the end of the year, uh, G.A., we'll start with you. Who who do you like? Um, I, I mean, I still want to kind of give Miami that chance because, I mean, they're just – I don't know if you saw um, the locker room and um, what once they came back with that W – um, against the Cowboys, I don't know if you saw like the locker room pep talk or whatever that they got, and you was just like, "This isn't over. Like this blank isn't over. We're gonna win the whole thing." Like they're just they, yeah, they're just rallying. They're rallying together. They're coming together as a family, and I think it's I, I don't know. It's just something that I think that they it's a long time coming for them, um, considering like the hype that a lot of people put around Tua um, and Hill. Uh, if I had to pick, I mean, no offense to San Francisco, but watch out, man! Like the Rams are coming. Whoa, I know nobody I like wants this. to hear that. How about no, that? I know, nobody, I know nobody wants to hear this, but they win. They beat the, the Niners in games where they need to beat the Niners. Wow. They, like, they, it's they, been proven. It's a championship game. So if they play, not in the regular season, not in the regular no, season. No, not in the regular season. But, they, but <laughs> no, the not in the regular season. But, but if they, like, given the Saints game um, this, this past uh, week, they – they play. That was a playoff game for them. Yeah. If we really want to talk about it, that was a playoff game for them. If they that's a do or die situation for the Rams. They came, they showed up, and they they demolished them. And they were like, "Look, we're here. We're here to win. We're not here to buff off this season." So I Jake, think that don't yeah. count them out is what I'm saying. Don't count let, them out to maybe possibly get. Yeah. Let me rephrase this to Jake as we close out. I mean, can the Rams, if they make it to the playoffs? And by the way, they they close out the season at San Francisco. In the regular season, and that's not that's the furthest thing from a gimme as you can get. Can the Rams go on a kind of a run here, uh, Jake? Oh, I mean, I'm starting to believe, which sucks, because if you don't have any expectations, then you can't be disappointed. <laughs> but, I mean, I... It's a combination of the Rams finding, you know, their groove at the right time and a lot of these teams starting to look like they can be exposed. I think that all happening at the same time is really what's leading people to think that the Rams might be able to do it. It's a really, really tough battle that they're going to have to fight and a hill that they're going to have to climb. But, you know, we saw it tonight. Like, I know they were playing the Ravens, who are probably the Super Bowl, nah, Super Bowl favorite, at least out of the AFC at this point. But... It can happen on any given night. Any of these yeah. teams can fall apart, and, and, you know, if the Rams, if it lines up for them, it would be great. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be a fun close to the season. I said, again, I'm still getting used to the fact that we have 17 of these beauties, and uh, it's not going to be ending with uh, 16. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.